0: welcome to dig it. i hope you're all having a beautiful friday morning i am the speaker i am here with the sharp edge how are you doing edge
1: hey speakers back
0: <laughs> I am. Corey, Corey's not with us today um her cat is sick uh which is horrible so she had to step out for this show um which is that also because I wanted to um, get back with both of you because I have been out for a while. It has been a couple of weeks. Um, I have missed it. It is good to be back here and talking with you. Um, just a lot of things have been going on in my life. So I've had to just kind of put a little bit of this aside for now. It's not completely gone. I've still been in contact with the girls. Um, uh, we still pass information to each other, but it's just it, it, it is a difficult time. Just try to level ourselves out here in Victoria and in Australia, uh, the most draconian state in the world, and just trying to figure out how to navigate it is where we're at at the moment. So,
1: yeah, I'm glad to have you back, speaker. And I think everybody understands the circumstances that, well, not maybe not fully understands, and that's why we should probably kind of give people an update. But they have the gist of what's going on over there and uh, the tyranny that that everyone is facing, including yourself. So um, it's completely understandable why you've been out, but glad you're back. And we'd definitely love to hear some updates um, about what's going on there right now.
0: Um, Yes. So, well, uh, Victoria opened up, I think it was around a week ago. Now, all all days are blending into uh, one for me at the moment. Um, But um, yeah, so we we reopened, of course all entirely based on vaccination rate, uh, which in Victoria now I think is at 84% of people have had the first jab and I think it's 91... Uh, 91% has had the first jab and 84% have had their seconds. second. So quickly filling up the state. Um, and the, the laws around it and the freedoms, I guess, surrounding it is... is is. Uh, the the things we're looking at now, and the things we're trying to tackle now, because it has become a very segregated society. Now, of course, if you want to do everything the government says, and if you fully trust the government and you're f- entirely doctrinated, then you're probably doing fine. Um, you know, you're probably allowed straight back in the workplace. You're allowed to go everywhere. You're fine as long as you just. Uh, Bend the knee. Now, for those but that haven't. bad
1: news for mm-hmm. those who are without the jab,
0: mm-hmm. right? So, in I so I do know in New South Wales, anyone that's not double vaccinated have been pushed back. Every anything until I think it's like December fifteenth, but that who knows how that's going to be extended now. Um, like I said, it is a full segregated society we we've heard Dan Andrews come out in the most dictator way ever um, saying that, you know, if you don't have a double jab, you won't get a job, you won't be working, you won't be allowed to go into coffee shops. And uh, when people say those things, you know, believe them, because that is very much the case at the moment. Um, as you can see, if you can go to that picture that I took the other day, this was just me down the street. And this is pretty much everywhere. So this is your digital passport. uh, And this is just a cafe. So if you don't have that, if you don't, you know, you can't even go in and get a coffee. I mean, you can't even go to Dunkin' Donuts without a double vax now.
1: Unbelievable.
0: These are everywhere. Uh, We had the Melbourne Cup on Tuesday. Uh, Something that I, I honestly... Uh, As you can see in this video, everyone lining up. You got your QR codes, you got your passports. Everyone's happy as Larry to show it. Um, it, 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 It's it's disturbing. It's disturbing because the the, the people that can see the writing on the wall knows where this goes. I mean, we still have uh, 950 cases a day at the moment. (laughs) Um, But yet people walk around like it's all normal again, just because the government's let you out, you know? So, you know, it's, gone, it's all gone back to normal. The line showing your QR code, fantastic. That's what you have to do pretty much everywhere.
1: Mm. Um,
0: yeah, so like I said, if if you are following the government's orders, 100%, you're, you're fine. I mean, these people are happy as Larry. They've got to have a day out. But, of course, if you're against any of this and if you're against medical tyranny as a whole, then, you know, you're screwed. You're not working. You're not going to get any money. You're not going to be allowed in these places, and you're pretty much segregated from everything. Unbelievable. So that it it is very challenging. Uh, uh, this I can get into a minute, uh, in, into in a minute. But uh, yeah, so so it has been hard. So as in personal stories in, in my life, I mean, my father that runs his own business. Um, He's lost a couple of employees now because they're not jabs, so they had to stop working. So my father's pretty much doing everything in that factory by himself. This man's in his 70s, you know? So they haven't really um, – they didn't really care about that situation, you know? They don't really, really actually care about – this is all to protect you, remember? It's all to help you. Right. Um, so because I haven't got uh, – this double jab thing going on. um, I can't even go in there to help him
1: Mm. Uh,
0: because if he gets caught with that, that's a $200,000 fine.
1: $200,000. It's up to $200,000.
0: Yep. For any businesses that are soliciting that, Um, which, you know, he can't afford. So it's hard, you know, watching this, this, this man try to do it all by himself. And I'm sure that's not an odd story. I'm sure there's a lot of things out there and a lot of companies out there that are dealing with this. Um, so yeah, it, it has been a struggle, you know, uh, in in so many, so many different ways. Also, you know, pressure coming from people, you know, saying you know do this, take it, do that. I'm sure a lot of people are facing that too the mental right. strain of it, you know, just, just do it, you know, You can. family you members turning the, on one
1: another and that of kind course, of thing. Of, of,
0: of course. I mean, we, we see that in North Korea today and we will see it now in the West. It's just a little bit more hidden. It's not so much on the surface because people are not looking at it in that way yet. Um, you know, it, it it's, it's the dobbing on your neighbor, you know, sort of um, uh, process there, but yeah, it's 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 just a hard time to be someone that is, uh, you know, against the grain, mentally, spiritually, financially. It's uh, it, it's a hard move, but there is a lot, a lot of people doing it, which is great. But um, I'm, I'm I'm sure they're all, you know, having having a, definitely a hard time with it because, it, as as we know and as I've talked about, that Victoria is the most lockdown city in the world. The laws that have been passed by this premier. the most draconian in the world it's not just you know the country it is the planet and it's and he
1: wants more power apparently he's working on getting more power which we should get into but um Uh can we talk about this um one article you brought up um sure before before we started recording so what's going on with the child care centers and that
0: yeah so them trying of of course to um elevate and extend the jab numbers uh now they're trying to push covid onto the kids uh this 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 covid back on, onto the kids uh saying that they now have safe jabs for kids uh age 5 to 11 so you know got to got to get the children mm
1: mm-hmm. same happening here it seems to be a um coordinated effort across countries, um, to go after the kids now. So, yeah. And, uh, I think that's where a lot of people, um, are, are going to have to, uh, make some tough decisions because it's one thing, you know, when, you know, I, I understand the position that the breadwinner's are in when, uh, they feel like, okay, I've got to do this for my family to keep my job or whatever. Um, but well, that's
0: really mostly why they've done it. It's, mm-hmm. you know, that's the same with nurses. It's the same with, it's, I, well, I, I know with the people that I've talked to and the, and, you know, I, I think it does go for the majority of the state is a lot of people didn't get it. Cause they want to get it. They got it because they needed to keep making, cash they needed to keep supporting their families and they wanted to get back to society now right. once you start doing things like that once you start forcing mandates on the population like that it is only going to continue going downwards it's not um this is not something that would that that the people cheered because they thought it would help uh they cheered because it's something they had to do to get their normal lives back
1: right right and and I don't judge people for making that choice that tough choice although absolutely not um, uh, you know whatever you have to do but you know personally and this is what we've been talking about for a long time it's like uh, make plans in advance anticipate their moves in advance so that you don't feel that pressure so that you do have options or a a plan b in place or something you know so that you um don't um feel like you had to succumb to something that you did not want to Mm
0: -hmm.
1: um and so but um getting back to the kids you know i think that this for a lot of people is where they may draw the line like it's enough to do it with me but not to my kids right Mm -hmm. So, uh, but that's happening a lot here too. But I wanted to uh, to mention this because um, I've seen a lot of talk about this lately, uh, and you'd mentioned the fines, the just ridiculous fines. And um, from what we're hearing now is that um, any unpaid fines, the government is now seizing uh, money from bank accounts and homes out of Queensland. So um I mean I just uh, it really doesn't get much worse than that, does it?
0: oh well, when the government controls your bank account? No, it doesn't. Right. I mean how, how much more tyranny I is going to be allowed here. Now of course I have absolutely no respect for the Victorian police anymore. I have no respect for the Australian police as a whole. Um they them to me are pretty much brand shirts and they're Gestapo Nazis. of them um none of them have done anything to it uh retired ones on all that have spoken up but ones in the force are absolutely useless and it's not like we didn't have any respect for the cops before uh now it's just completely sunk so
1: yeah yeah it's gotten really bad there and i was hoping to see some um police officers even wake up but uh, and we actually have some good footage of of uh the crowds the protesters calling out the police officers and actually i saw in one instance where the police officers did um kind of step aside and and let the uh, protesters do their thing so um i don't know I, i'm still hoping that some people some of these police officers wake up and, and get on the right side of history here. But I did want to talk about um these new laws, uh pandemic laws in Victoria that Dan Andrews is pushing through that essentially are going to allow him to be a dictator with unlimited powers. And these passed through the lower house and are expected to possibly pass within the next couple of weeks um up in the upper house
0: yes uh, it, it, it goes to the upper house this week uh needs 21 votes to pass i mean the andrews government has 17 seats already um in the chamber and he also has the support of uh, so check out these names for the ones that have support him so he's got the support of the greens the animal justice party and the, <laughs> the reason party so all the parties that you would suspect to um the fall for this shit uh, has. So, who who knows where it goes from here? Um, if it passes, it is uh, a very dangerous overreach, placing all power within the state onto the premier with that no oversight.
1: Yeah, and that's why I have this video up because he explains it pretty concisely in about 30 seconds. So, I'm going to play this, but you got to just hold on for one second because I got to switch the audio over.
0: In 30 seconds, I want to tell you what the government's pandemic law means because it's 112 pages and they've tried to confuse everyone along the way. Firstly, it means that the Premier can declare a pandemic even if there's not one in Victoria. That's right, even if the pandemic isn't in Victoria or Australia, the pandemic law can be enacted. He can put us back into lockdown whenever he wants. He can fine us $90,000 or jail us for two years for breaching these orders. He can make orders based on your race, your religion, political affiliation, or your gender. The committee, which is meant to oversight the Premier, is in fact appointed by the Premier. There's a problem in itself. And if he doesn't like what the committee says, he can ignore it anyway. That's why we're rejecting this legislation and gonna vote against it. and, And Victorians won't hear it. They were told last week there'd be no more lockdowns and one week later, legislation that gives them draconian, unfettered, unshackled power to do it all again. Well, I say to Victorians... On this side of the House, the Liberal Party and the National Party will not stand for, will oppose this every step of the way. In this place, in the Upper House, and out on the streets. And let me tell you something, Acting Speaker, if the Premier wants to know how much Victorians love this legislation, let him go down Burke Street, stand in the mall, I'll tell you who'll get a free character assessment down there, and he'll have no doubt what people actually think of this legislation. I oppose this bill with every core of my being. So yeah, he um he he, he summed that up absolutely beautifully <laughs> in the time that he did. Um,
1: Essentially, it, Dan it, Andrews yeah. is going full Palpatine. Yeah, hundred <laughs> yeah, percent. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but
0: it's, it's not like we didn't see this coming. I mean, the man likes uh, uh, the sound of his own voice and probably loves the view of himself in the mirror. So it doesn't surprise me that it's going this way. I mean, right. there, there was a comment on the internet. Uh, there's been, of course, a lot on online discussion, but there was one woman that said, you know, as a Jew, I find it hard not to compare it with Nazi Germany, to be honest. In fact, I'm just waiting for us to be wearing yellow stars. It's, it's not very far from the point.
1: It's really not, especially when you are, when you look back in history and the, the the, the uncanny correlations Um, leading up to the genocide that took place um, where there was this segregation and one group was clean and the other group was unclean and to be shunned and trying to put those two groups against each other and all of that we just see it playing out again and anyone who can't see that I I can't help you I, I mean I don't know how much further this needs to go for them to realize, but, uh, you know, I think it's going to go get worse. Um, but these are protesters outside of, uh, parliament now who are uh, protesting Mm -hmm. Danny Andrews and his, um, dictatorship at this point. Um, I wanted to play just maybe like a minute of this, because I found this to be really just powerful because, You see here, these protests, there's a large group of protesters here of the unjabbed, right? And the, um, or maybe who knows what their status is, but they're they're supporting freedom. They're supporting um, freedom of choice over what um, you do with your own body. And so, um, but these, this line of police officers here that are standing in the way between the group of people and parliament who are making these these decisions and i just found this to be a really powerful speech and the people are calling for the police to protect them and stand with them so i'm just going to play like a minute of it hold on one sec this guy right here he's a former police officer so the people in line is a liar of pretension that he's there to protect the good hard-working decent
0: citizens of Victoria from those who seek to do them harm. Now what I have seen and what many have seen but many have yet to grasp is that those that seek to do them harm are in that building. Now I would challenge
1: every one of my former colleagues I speak to you directly. You know that this is nonsense. You know that the last two years have been like yes. yes. I don't expect yes. any of you to do yes. what yes. I have done. I understand the risk is great. There's much to risk. I understand. Do it now!
0: Do it now! Yes. Go to staff, you to stay in time.
1: It's powerful when the people are calling for those police officers to stand with them, you know.
0: But of course they were. Victorian police account, So
1: It's frustrating. It's frustrating to watch that. But um, there is still a movement happening here. Um, no matter how much they're trying to suppress it, um, the pe- there are people still standing for liberty, for freedom, and in my opinion, standing on the right side of history here, um, we'll have to see where this goes. Um, but it, it looks like there's a major power grab happening right now with Dan Andrews and these new um, pandemic laws that potentially will pass in the next week or two. Sure.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah.
1: So it looks like um, Rebel News has up here a uh, petition for people to sign, and it's gaining some steam um, against Dan Andrews' bill. And we just wanted to get some more eyes on that um, because of the just the major, major overreach. I mean, I can't imagine the kind of tyranny that would be put into place um, after a bill like this passes um mm-hmm. so i mean this is the time to make a stand
0: well yeah. even if someone like dan andrews doesn't enact it it is a bill that will stand it will be there and it will give any former premiers, anyone with even further sociopathic tendencies uh to take control of the state and it's okay
1: right it's not a democracy it's a dictatorship at that point mm-hmm. uh, well thanks for the update on everything that's going on there our prayers go out to you to your family to everyone who is suffering under this kind of tyranny um, in australia and um just god bless those people who are standing up um i did want to and i did not cue this video up but i did want to mention i saw um This idea caught on in Paris and and Europe, um, but I saw it in Australia where there were families and people and groups that were picnicking outside of the restaurants where they were requiring those passports. So I thought that was great to see uh, catch on and I hope uh, more of that does continue. Mm -hmm. All right, so... um, Corey, who's out today because of her poor sick kitty, um, she did write an article and we wanted to just briefly touch on it. I'm not going to go into too much detail, but this is um, an article that she wrote uh, about the FDA panel that approved the COVID jab for kids ages 5 to 11. And it also talks about something really important, which is the IA 2030 agenda. So again, I'm not going to go into huge detail about it, but um, because we'll leave a link in the description below. But there's some key points that I definitely want to, uh, to highlight and bring to everybody's attention in here. And the first is that um, there are some major conflicts of interest between this panel and Pfizer. Uh, and so she does get into that and discuss that in some detail. And then also um, talks about the IA 2030 agenda. And um, this is something to keep an eye on because they're wanting to put into place 500, oops, 500 new Vaccines uh, by 2030, and this is for kids, adults, pregnant women, women, elderly—you name it—and they want legislation in order to um, be able to impose it on adults. And so, um, this is something that we have to keep an eye on because, bottom line, for those people who think. You know, if I just get the one shot or a couple of shots, you know, they'll leave me alone. I go back to normal. Everything's free again. No, um, they're working on a lifelong cradle to grave prescription. And so it's, it's a lifelong commitment. Uh, they call it a life course. So um that's definitely something to keep an eye on because this this is where it's headed unless we make a stand now and um I think that the time is now that we are um running out of time um before it it gets to that point where it's too late we've we've given up our freedoms you know in place of this um security this false sense of security Um, and to the point where we can't get them back. So I think the time definitely is now to take a stand and if you're interested please do check this article out that Corey wrote. Um, It's got some really good information in it and some great links for you to dig a little deeper but um, I did want to talk about some good things that have happened this week here in the states
0: this is something i'm i'm totally not familiar with i'm going to be listening like you are because i'm so out of the loop
1: (laughs) right yeah you got a lot going on in your neck of the woods down under so i'm going to get you up to speed on everything that's happened this week so here in the states so um this was a week of a total rejection of the brandon regime's communist agenda and the people spoke out loudly and clearly. And in practically in every election, it was a blowout for the Republicans, despite, you know, their usual dirty tricks. So in I don't know if you even knew about this last week, but last week, there in a last-ditch effort to gain support last week, McAuliffe's allies. This is in Virginia, the governor's race, the Virginia governor's race. McAuliffe's allies tried to paint Youngkin, the Republican, as a white supremacist by staging a bunch of Democrat McAuliffe supporters in cosplay as Charlottesville white supremacists who were standing in front of a Youngkin sign and that went around for maybe an hour before it got exposed they started identifying the actual individuals who were dressed up turned out they were all democrats who were pro mcauliffe who were connected in certain ways to the campaign they got exposed for staging this whole thing and it blew up in mcauliffe's face and mcauliffe has tried to play the race card this whole time and align with schools who teach critical race theory and shocker that was a losing strategy (laughs) because it turns out in Virginia where Loudoun County is located and that's the home uh, the epicenter of this woke indoctrination of painting parents as domestic terrorists and covering up rapes of children in school it turns out that education was the number one issue among voters in Virginia. So dun dun dun, Yunkin beats McAuliffe. It was an awesome thing to see this win, but I especially loved how the media melted down over this. It was beautiful to see uh, the media meltdown over this. And they tried to spin it as being racist, like the voters are racist and that's why Youngkin won. And I just love how they try to spin it. But look here, so Virginia elected also the Lieutenant Governor, Winsome Sears, And she is the first Black female lieutenant governor in Virginia. So Uh, how is the media spinning this as racist? Oh, it's just hysterical to watch the media melt down over this. They don't know how to handle this. Look at her here. I love this picture because that just has to trigger them, you know, of her holding the AR. Uh, So uh, she's um, a former, um, she's a military veteran. So, um, but it was just great to see this huge win in Virginia. But um, it, this was happening all over the country in some of these elections. And I want to turn to New, Jer- New Jersey for a second because this is a really interesting story. And it's really important to highlight because this um, is. Uh, it kind of exemplifies the the, the whole movement um, because there was this um, New Jersey president, uh, the the Senate president, um, in New Jersey. New Jersey, that person's seat was up, and so here we have Ed Burr, who is a trucker, all right, who has beat him in this election. I mean. This this is this is great to see because it embodies the entire populist movement taking back our country from the communists who are attempt, attempting to take America down. Edward Burr sp- Edward Dur spent only about one hundred fifty three dollars on his campaign on his primary campaign. He later spent about six thousand dollars on the general election, but it was a very very small um, campaign, and he. Beat Steve Sweeney, who held his position as Senate president since 2010, was going for his seventh term and raised $750,000 in a single night back in July. So this is definitely a David versus Goliath sort of story. And it really shows you how, and this is why I have this particular tweet up here, um, because it, it it kind of explains it all. This is a revolution of regular people taking on the corrupt system, taking on the establishment, taking on the swamp, and winning. And that is the story of all of these elections that we saw this week. It was really great to see it. Um, There were several um, state legislature positions that um, were filled. And uh, so for example, here in San Antonio, uh, a Democrat stronghold, a house seat was flipped to red by John Lujan. And then we had a house seat in the special congressional election, um, uh, Mike Carey, uh, that went Republican. And then in Rochester, New Hampshire, we had, um, they've now got a Republican mayor, and this is a city that's voted Democrat since 2005, so we're seeing all of these very deeply blue areas flipping, and that is a sign of the rejection of the Brandon regime's policies, this communist woke agenda, and uh, so... In Seattle, for example, I mean Seattle it's this is Seattle we 're talking about here a law and order Republican defeated and abolished the police Democrat for the attorney general position in Seattle of all places so this is kind of telling you how strong this rejection is. The same thing happened in Minneapolis um, we had um, So there was a proposal on the uh, on the ballot to basically abolish the police and replace them with a department of public safety that completely lost. And this is in Minneapolis. So um, you know, but I did want to just top it all off with and save the very best for last. So the the parents, the students. The justifiably outraged citizens, they're taking the school boards back with a vengeance across the nation. And if you look at this um, thread here, you can see Iowa, Colorado, Texas, Kansas, Pennsylvania, Connecticut, New Mexico, Minnesota, Ohio, major wins across the country, replacing school board members who are pushing CRT, Woke Indoctrination, and mandates. It's amazing to see this. And yeah, and and I think that this is really the strategy that we need to go for. Because I think what we learned in 2020 was, I don't think we realized how important these local level positions are from school board to state legislature to mayors and so on. And we really learned our lesson know it was a tough lesson to learn um, in 2020 with that. And so now we're seeing people take action. And what was I, ha- I highlighted a couple of really great stories because um this story here in particular, we were laughing about this before we started recording. <laughs> <laughs> this is great, so this um teacher, Matthew Lynch. Um, he was a school teacher in Massachusetts who was forced to resign from his position back in February, and this was over a picture that showed his attendance at the Capitol on January 6th. Well, Matthew Lynch decided to run for a school board position, and he won. So, <laughs> giant middle finger there. And I just love this picture here because you know you see all the support for Matthew Lynch and. Then you got the FJB sweatshirt right there. (laughs) Oh, it's so great to see this. People just standing their ground and fighting back and taking their school boards back, um, taking their cities, their towns, their states back. Um, Here's another great story. Uh, This is a young man. His name is Nicholas Seppi. He's a 19-year-old high school graduate who was so angry, by the way, the school shut down during his senior year of high school, that he decided to do something about it. So he came back and ran for a school board position. And not only did he win, it was a blowout. He beat his, he beat his opposition by an overwhelming 17-point margin. So that's how you do it, folks. That's how you do it. The local level and, you know, every single position counts. Every one of us has a role to play in this. But all in all, it was a blowout for the populist movement to take back our country. And I think that um, we, we really can't uh, get complacent, though, We can't lose sight of what happened in 2020, and I've heard a lot of chatter about that um, this week as well. Oh, this is a distraction. Oh, this is a setup. I, I understand that sentiment. We can't take our eyes off of what happened in 2020, and we knew that they would try something again, and we're really seeing that now in the New Jersey governor's race because um, that race was very, very close. And um, let me see if I can find. Yeah, here it is. Um, that race was really, really close, still is. And there's been a lot of anomalies that we've seen throughout the entire, um, you know, since, you know, the, the, it, the, the race closed, um, co- counties reporting 100% for the Republican and then flipping Democrat. Uh, Project Veritas did um, a video as well um, showing here New Jersey poll worker in Essex um, allowing a non-registered voter to and a non-citizen to fill out a ballot. So there have been a number of documented anomalies that have happened, and now we have Boom. We have an election investigation launched in the governor's race because 56 machines went down without counting the votes. It's like deja vu all over again. And uh, so here we are. um, We've got 56 machines that still haven't even been counted yet. And um, the And this is the Essex County, yeah, Essex County clerk, Christopher Durkin, he's saying that they're going to have to um, get a judge to allow them to obtain the machines, um, issue an order to obtain the machines and retrieve the results. And so, you know, we may have results by the time this recording comes out on Friday morning, I don't know. Uh, it's just, we're at the point now where um, this was such a close race and so many documented anomalies that it looks like this is, you know, in my opinion, I think it's going to go, there's going to be calls for a recount. So, but um, this is just a, it, it serves as a reminder that we can't forget what happened we we can't take our eyes off of that and we have to correct it in order to prepare for 2022 and beyond so that's pretty much what happened this week you're all caught up now <laughs>
0: <Thought> <laughs> of, i think i've still got like two weeks of stuff to cram in my head but, yeah, in there. <laughs> thank you for the update <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah so um Yeah, a lot. It's been a busy couple of weeks. You've missed a lot. I mean, I have to, I guess, get you up to speed on the rest. But um, this week was really all about um, taking the country back from the communist woke agenda, a rejection of the Biden agenda, and um, really the, the grassroots, the real people, Um, filling in positions, you know, doing, being of public service, you know, filling those positions in school boards, in uh, state legislative positions, mayors, uh, wherever the need arises, people are rising to that challenge and filling those needs with patriots who are willing to fight this, And uh, so, yeah, I think that it's really, really positive to see. I am fully aware that, you know, the, the fight doesn't end here. Let's not like, you know, do a victory lap and say, yay, it's all over. No, this is like a small battle in the war. Um, but it is definitely something that helps us gain momentum. Um, it, it boosts our morale and it gives us a taste of what can happen when we, you know, organize and um, and actually commit to, uh, to, to taking the battle on. So it's good to see.
0: Right. Slowly, slowly. Little wins. Yeah.
1: Little wins. That's how we're going to have to do it. I mean, this is, this is uh, a, more about endurance. it It's more of a marathon, and it's not gonna be one single thing that saves us. We have to save ourselves and we we're not gonna it's not gonna be one one day, one specific event, one specific uh, win. it's It's a million of them together. And so um, yeah, I'll take the wins. And celebrate those wins, but then we move on and we keep going on this race in this marathon. And because uh, it's going to be a long fight, it's going to be a long fight. I have no uh, m- misconceptions about that, but definitely feel encouraged by the people rising up and uh, fighting back. So, and even in in, uh, in Australia and in Victoria, it is encouraging to see a resistance there and um yeah just take the wins where you can that's my takeaway
0: 100 percent.
1: yeah anything else you want to add before we close out
0: no i'm just just good to be back it's good to talk to you again i wish Corey was here but next week we can all three of us can catch up yeah be great
1: yeah, it's great to have you back. We've missed you. It's like, it's not the same without the speaker. It's just not. But see, um, I, you know, now we're missing Corey. So we-
0: <laughs> look, it's uh, it's been a challenging year for us. So not just for us here, but I'm sure a lot of you at home too. And I hope you're all doing well. And uh, you're all keeping it together too. So,
1: All right. Well, thanks guys for joining us today on Digit with a speaker, myself a sharp edge, and usually Corey, who will hopefully be back next week. Please be sure to share this podcast. We're on BitChute, Foxhole, Gab TV, iHeartRadio, Odyssey, Pilled, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and YouTube. And we'll see you back next time right here on Dig it. <laughs>